This is Paul Nobles from Eat to Perform, and this is going to be kind of an impromptu podcast. What we're doing is talking to the private group, basically Eat to Perform members. So if you're not an Eat to Perform member, um, this is actually a really good way to run through what is our plan for you, right? And so you should be able to look at this flow chart that will go with this podcast and then kind of make judgments where you are in your plan, right? And so um, we're excited about this because I think it provides a lot of standardization that really is going to bring clarity to where most people are. Because if you knew, as an example, that you were in a fat loss cycle and you only had eight more days before... You, you are definitely going to be reversing, it would probably give you a little bit more will to, to tough it out, right? And what we really want to make sure is that people understand, and you know, you're probably not looking at the flow chart, or maybe you are, but the flow chart really points to eat for method four, which is recomp. As the big circle, that's where everyone wants to be most of the most of the time, right? And so, if you look at that comparatively to ETP method one, ETP method two, ETP method three, it's much bigger because all those methods should only represent a very short period of time. So, I wanted to. I, I should probably introduce Dr. Brad Dieter. D Brad is the PhD on staff. Um, this is the kind of thing that I run by Brad when we first start thinking of this kind of stuff and then we start to test it to model, you know, the the way that it would best work. So if you're looking at the flow chart, it really kind of started with ETP method four, the E1, F1, F2, M1. And then what we ultimately came up with is that you know, while those served a purpose and the coaches understood what needed to happen in that scenario, it wasn't necessarily going to be super clear. And so that's how the eat for method um, tags happen. That's how the AP tags happen. So, Brad, why don't you say hi and talk a little bit about, you know, your thought processes as we started to come up with this idea? Good morning, everybody. Um, so one of the really interesting things about what we're going to talk about is all these things that we've that we have in the current system and the standardization are all things we've tested on about 10,000 people at this point. Um, and we've basically along the way taken all the things that we know about, you know, dieting, exercise, sleep, nutrition, all those pieces, and have tested all these little pieces. And we've been able to put them all together in a way that actually gives people repeatable, sustainable results in a system that's not like a, a one and done, but, you know, this is how you go from where you are to where you want to be, you know, for the long haul. Um, and so we're going to talk about all the individual pieces of it. But the really cool thing is all of these pieces have been tested. I mean, not like on, you know, 10 or 20 clients, but 10,000 people at this point. Um, and we've been able to really take each piece and really understand exactly how, how things work. Like, you know, one of the things we were talking about the other day is, you know, when we, we'll talk about this a little bit, but like when we get somebody to a certain point and we say, okay, you can go option A or B, and we can tell you with a lot of confidence, if you go option A, here's exactly what you can expect. And if you go option B, here's exactly what you can expect. Um, and that's a pretty cool thing that most people you know, I would argue nobody else has the ability to really do. Um, yeah, nobody. We're going to talk about what those are. We can literally come up with modeling that should give you a realistic expectation from the calories that you are at and what you should expect. So, there have been a number of people that have already gone through AP4. They've already gotten that question, right? So, I'm jumping a little bit ahead of myself, but I, what I really um, what, what Brad said is is true and it, and it's also untrue, right? Ten thousand is not really the number we started with. We started with you know from the day that we started, you know we've basically dealt with about two hundred thousand files in all different manners, 
And so when we look at active clients doing eat to perform in the app, you know, yes, the number is much closer to, to 10,000. But when we look at, um, you know, kind of the basis for, you know, what has happened to eat to perform, you know, it started happening a, a, a lot um, earlier. So I'm going to start from what I believe to be the beginning, and that's actually eat to perform method four. So a lot of people start up in eat to perform method one because eat to perform method one is fat loss, right? And so you come in and your orientation is fat loss and you're, you're talking to your coach and, and they're helping you along and you're sort of getting these breadcrumbs so that you can follow along. But the, uh, the basis for eat to perform is eat to perform method four. We're ultimately trying to get you there Right, and if you start to slow, um, I mean, I'm seeing Vicky Snook, I'm seeing M Michelle Calandro, um, a number of people that have had massive, you know, almost like cliffs down, and you know, in that process, they've kind of rinsed and repeated. So I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna go over that a little bit, but I really want everybody to look at. Eat perform method four as the basis for eat perform. Okay, so we're going to start with eat perform method one. So you come in in fat loss, and let's say that you're a new client, and you don't really know where your calories were. So we have this baseline plan, and and, and you know I was talking to the orientation team this morning about this, and they're going to get really diligent on getting new people and making sure that the new people are you know doing the plan early on and they do a great job of that but there's some people that are resistant to that and at the end of the day eat perform is a plan that coaches are providing for you i actually set most of the plans between and i've actually started to train ed on doing that and we'll have other people brad does it occasionally as well so you're getting a real high level person that is setting your plan for you. So if you do your own thing and you're a new person, I'm not exactly sure why you bought Eat to Perform, right? The, you know, Eat to Perform, you are wanting a coach to guide you. And that's exactly what that does. So you don't really know what you're eating. So the baseline really starts to tell us a lot more about you so we can then customize your plan to get you the results that, that you wanted, right? And so when we look at Eat to Form Method 1, you're going to be getting those breadcrumbs, whether whether you're coming out of Eat to Form Method 4, whether you're going from, you know, the AP, and, you know, and moving to Eat to Form Method um, breadcrumbs. They all should be resulting in your weight going down. If you're new, there are times where your weight might stall a little bit. And what happens a lot of the time is that people, as people start to hit those goals, you know, I would say the majority of people, and I'm interested in your thoughts on this, Brad, but the majority of people that are new that have been under eating are probably holding on to more water than they would like because of, of really a cortisol response. Sometimes you'll see a lot of sleeping discrepancies at that point. And so as they start to get more carbohydrates, more calories, right, it allows for insulin to do its job and release some of that cortisol. Um, can you give me kind of the, the, the really quick synopsis on that piece? Yeah, I mean, that's when we have a lot of people who come in from a really underfed background, the way, the way that their weight will fluctuate is kind of a balance of you're getting a lot of this water release, but then you're also starting to get nutrients filling up the tissues that need to be filled up, right? So if you come in and you're severely under eating, you know, you're on a really low carbohydrate diet, you're, you're going to have this balance of water weight coming down, but then also you're going to be starting to store more carbohydrates and more water in your actual muscle tissue. So a lot of people, when they come in, and I've spent the last several weeks looking at all the new people who have been coming in their graphs. And they have these dips and then a little bit of come back up and then another dip and a little come back up. And it's kind of that balance of you've got this reduction in cortisol because you're starting to eat, you're starting to sleep better, you're starting to get a lot of the things in your life together, 
And then you're starting to get some nutrients into the tissues where they need to be. And so that's why a lot of people will see a weight drop and then a little dip up and then a weight drop and then a little dip up. One of the best things I ever heard related to um, getting in a good amount of vitamins is that the more calories you eat, the more vitamins that naturally come in. And that's mm-hmm. where a, a lot of people don't realize is that they end up being nutrient deficient just by, you know, like you, you're, you're always trying to stuff as much nutrients into you when you're eating as little as possible, but you, you naturally just get more nutrients when you're, you're eating a little bit more. And so that's when people go, well, that's the eat before magic everyone talks about, right? So now you start to eat a little bit more, you start to sleep a little bit more, start to feel better at the gym. So there's all these people that were coming eating, you know, 1100, you know, sometimes lower than a thousand calories and then their calories actually get bumped up and then they, they start losing weight and they start losing a little water and they start leaning out. So, um, I, I felt like that, that would, that's one thing that, that sort of needed to be addressed. So, you know, if you're eat form method four, you're coming out of recomp and you've been an eat form customer, this is actually the very common scenario, you know, we can actually model based on the calories that you worked up to what you're going to, to, you know, have as a result. Right. And so let's say that, you know, the baseline plan is, you know, on its lowest part, 1650 and the highest, let's say 1854 female. So roughly, you know, 17 to 1750, and we got you up to 2200, it just stands to reason that if we got you up to 2700, you'd be in a better spot. We can actually come up with some good ideas based on what we have seen, but down the road, we think we should be able to be able to come up with actual data, you know? And there's a million reasons why people hold on to weight. There's a million reasons why people hold on to water. But what we see very consistently is that the people that, go into fat loss from higher macros have much more success than people with lower macros. So then you go, well, okay, but my, um, my calories are at 2200, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. I would like to move to fat loss. You can totally do that. If you need to buy some mental real estate to just get a couple pounds we are 100% supportive of that. But what I think you're, I think what you guys want is a coach to say to you, if you do this now, the best case scenario is three to six pounds. The, if you waited it out a little bit more and we were able to keep you still weight stable, keeping you fighting down, and then get those calories up for for a few months. Now we're looking at 10 to 15. So then you have a choice. Do I want to lose three to six or do I want to lose 10 to 15? And I think that that's what you guys want from us, right? So that's why this plan exists. So we can then model and show you the results that you ultimately want. And then you go, well, okay, but you're talking 10 to 15. What if I need to lose 100? You know, well, that's basically how you just rinse and repeat these, these cycles, right? And we'll walk through that in a little bit. Um, anything that you want to add to that piece, Brad? Uh, I don't think so. I think probably, you know, the next thing is to just walk people through exactly what these steps entail. Cause I think that'll really start to get people not only understanding their journey, but then they can kind of understand why things work the way they work. Yeah. So the simplest part in orientation, you know, a lot of times you'll come in and we don't know what you were eating and no one else knows what you were eating either. You know, when you go to an online calculator and ask you whether or not you want to lose one pound or three pounds, they're just guessing. This is why we want to get out of the guessing game and actually be able to model what your progress looks like. So in the beginning, we set you at basically two pounds lower if you come in in fat loss. And then with the orientation coaches, so if you lose two pounds the first day, 
What an orientation coach is going to do is they're going to pull down your plan or Brad and I will pull down your plan because we know that you signed up for a little bit more aggressive approach than two pounds. We just didn't know where you came from. And I tell you, when you see these new people come in, I mean, there's people that lose like 10 pounds in five days, you know, um, it, it's sort of, you know, the, the success of dieting is always highly correlated to how much you were dieting previous to this, right? So if you came in overfed, you know, the baseline plan is going to show you massive results immediately. And then as we slowly raise up your calories, you know, we're, we're going to find where you respond the best. Um, in terms of the people that, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time kind of like just juxtaposing what the new people would experience compared to the older people, but, but just, you know, roll with me here. Um, so in terms of if you're coming out of each before method four, basically what would end up happening is that we're going to set your aggressive your your goal more aggressively because we know what your calories are and we have some idea on what it's going to be. In general, we set that first stage pretty aggressively and I'll tell you why. I think most of you, if I said to you, do you want to lose 3 or 6 pounds? You're going to say 6 pounds. And so here you are, eating for method one. Your calories didn't get really super high. And we talked to you right out the bat that you should only really expect three to six pounds. So what ends up happening in that scenario is we it, let's say that that let's say that you were on the low side and you ended up losing only three pounds in, in the first stage it might be frustrating to you that your goal was set very aggressively and it's not going to be uncommon for the coach to change your goal when you get to ETM4, ETM5, ETM6. We're just trying to get you to hit some of these goals, right? So all of this can be customized for you by a coach. Anything you want to add to that piece, Brad? Yeah, you know, I think the other piece to talk about is, you know, when we set that initial fat loss goal, I think a lot of people get locked in on that stain where it, you know, where it is. And, you know, the more people realize that goal is going to move a little bit, depending on how they respond to it, I think is a really important piece for people to understand. Because a lot of times what happens is as your body's responding to what we're giving it, we also adjust. So you keep making progress, right? We're not, we're not in the I don't want to say the business, but we're not trying to just give you a number and then say, you're just going to suck it up until you hit this number. Cause that's a, that's not how you get results and B that's not how the human body works. Yeah. I think, I think one thing that we know that other places similar to us don't know is that people like hitting goals, you know? Um, and, and that's why we set your goals, um, more realistically. You know, in my view, if someone says, I want to lose 30 pounds, that's really a wish. That's not a goal, right? A goal is two pounds. A goal is five pounds. And so um, I can think of one example that's one of my uh, personal coaching clients. And she just came out of racing season. Um, her calories were super duper high. And I pulled her down nine pounds that was the first stop on the gold gold gains train right um she hit it within four days <laughs> so i had to change it you know so uh, it's not uncommon for coaches to change your goals so keep that in mind it's also not uncommon for a coach to move you from etm4 to ap1 right because we're not necessarily, I mean, I wouldn't say that that's going to happen a lot. I would say that we would probably be more inclined to push the goal a little bit closer to where you are. But especially right now, as we're kind of moving people over from the old system. So, you know, what a, what a lot of people aren't realizing is that this flow chart 
has actually been going on for years. We, we've been doing some version of this for a very long time. The difference is, is that now we have these standards that basically every coach is going to be following and so that you guys can follow along. But the basic idea of this chart has always happened, right? So keep that in mind. But right now, I would say that we're probably about 87% in terms of nailing where all you, will, where all you guys are on the flow chart. And, um, but there still may be some customization that, that happens along the way. So, so keep that in mind. Um, any thoughts on that or, or anything you want to add to that, Brad? No, I think we're good. Okay. So now let's go to eat form method two, because this is the part, you know, one of the things that we'll have someone say to us is, I want to lose more weight than that. So I want my goal to go down as if you can sort of wish your way to get to a certain weight. And that's not actually how it works, right? So a lot of times people will look at the middle phase where we start to um, get you hitting goals and which is the, the adaptation prevention phase, right? The whole idea of adaptation prevention is that your body's always looking for balance and so your body quickly adjusts to you under eating, right? And so we, this phase is, is really unique to us. Now, is it unique from the standpoint of there's concepts related to reverse dieting and stuff like that, that, you know, there's, I would say the adaptation prevention phase has its basis in reverse dieting, but also its basis, you know, if you're coming from you know, something else, maybe cheat meals would be, there's some similarity to that where what you're ultimately trying to do is get your body to uh, not get comfortable in that one place, right? And so I'm going to let Brad talk about that piece because he was the one that, that really came up with that piece and the ideas behind it. Yeah, so basically, you know, each perform method one is basically the way we've truncated it is it's the first phase of the fat loss, right? So we have the six breadcrumbs in there. Um, and that's, it's 24 days, right? Well, correct. in terms of yeah, correct is. how long that is. So the first phase is 24 days. And then that's usually about the time, you know, that's right about the window where your body starts adapting to lower calories. So if we pull you down a thousand calories, your body's dropping weight. A lot of those adaptive mechanisms of, you know, you're not eating as much food, so the thermic effect of food is has been lower. You're starting to not move as much. Your hormones are starting to downregulate a little bit more aggressively, and your body's starting to adapt. And what you notice, and we tell you with these breadcrumbs, is you're going to start slowing down the fat loss piece, right? Your body weight drop is going to start slowing down. And so now, at that point, you really have two options: you can dramatically lower food again. Or you can start to slowly give your body some more food, or not slowly, but you know, pretty systematically giving your body more food to kind of compensate for that adaptation. So a lot and of people are going to hear. So just one second, because a lot of people are going to hear, why wouldn't you just lower my plan, right? And yeah. So so that's the whole idea behind Eat for Method Three, right? Is that if we can get you adapted to this a little bit. Right. So talk more about that, because I think a lot of people are going to hear that last sentence from you and go, oh, I've adapted to it. Just cut me down more. Well, to be honest with you, what are we going to cut you down to? A hundred more calories isn't going to do that much. Right. So talk to talk about that piece a little bit. Yeah. So when you you know, if we cut you down to calories in your initial fat loss piece and you want to keep losing. You have to stop the adaptation and you kind of have to pull things back up so you actually have more room to work. So the adaptation prevention phase is as your weight loss slows down a little bit, but you're still making progress, we're going to give you a little bit more food. You're going to adapt positively, right? So you're, you're going to get more of the thermic effect of food. Your hormones are going to kind of help regulate. You're going to start sleeping better again, and you're going to be able to train a little bit more. And we're going to do that over a 16-day period. And then your food's going to be back up to the point where we actually have room to bring you back down again. 
and you can continue to move through fat loss and okay. not hit that long-term plateau without having to go to super aggressive numbers. All right. So before we move to, to that piece, okay, um, I just want to finish off the AP breadcrumbs because I think that, uh, you know, there, there are some things that are interesting to it. So each of them, one through six, mostly your plan's not going to change. If it's going to change, it's mostly going to change that you either hit the goal or the goal might move a little bit closer. AP1, typically we're going to, you're, you're going to be made to hit goals, right? So um, let's say that you hit the goal in ETM4, um, but then ETM5, ETM6, you didn't. Um, you will be made to hit the goal. We're trying to get you, you know, three to four bumps in that phase um, so you can get those calories up and, like, like Brad said, positively adapt to that kind of thing. Here's the interesting part about that. I'd say eight out of ten people – actually lose weight in that phase right so it might be very common for and 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 a lot of people will look at this and go i kind of remember him talking about this in the hands-on video that they sent out around christmas yes this is the same idea that you know you lose that initial five to six eight to ten whatever it is and then as your body's adapting the AP phase is still two to three. People naturally assume that their weight's going to go up when calories go up, and that is an incorrect assumption. You are always in control. In fact, that's a big piece of this whole thing is we're putting you in control of the progress that you want to make, right, rather than the calories being in control like every other system out there. And so – we're just basically a little bit more evolved because we have more data than most of them have, right? So if you're a coach and you work with five to 20 clients, you just don't see the patterns that we see. So in the case of AP2, AP3, those are typically going to be fighting, right? We're, we're going to allow you to kind of fight down to the goals that, that we reset. You know, we'll reset, you know, we give you the your hitting goals in AP1. AP2, we're going to pull that down. And we're going to allow you in AP2, AP3 to try and hit that goal that we set for you. It's not important if you do or don't, right? AP4 is sort of adjustable. There are times where people's calories are high enough where we'll just give the option right off the bat. I think what's going to happen with a lot of people that are coming, you know, in fat loss right now, and moving through the AP, they will actually be giving another bump cycle, right? So let's say that you started fat loss and your high day was 209. And in the AP1, we were able to work you up to, to 239. Really kind of want to get you in that 279 to 309 range, right? Before we look at, at pulling things down. But in AP4, you're basically given the option either the next day or the next time someone reviews you. And typically a coach is going to give you an idea of what those macros look like. And, oh, by the way, those macros are typically lower than the, the macros that you would have started with. Now, that isn't always the case, but let's say that, that you were in Eatform Method 1, and your macros are 129, 209, 229, and 6449. Wouldn't be uncommon, or well, let's say 6954. Uh, wouldn't be uncommon for in the second phase to, to go 99, 179, 199, 6449. That relates to what Brad was saying earlier. To further the adaptation, you actually have to get a little bit more aggressive, right? And so there are a lot of people that, that are AP4 that go, I don't think I'm down for this anymore. That's a legit response, right? And you can move to each form method four, work your macros up, and then come back to each form method one if you want to. At all points... Each form method one, two, three, four, muscle gain, breastfeeding, pregnancy, every single one of them should be 
muscle gaining or or I'm sorry, fat loss because you're gaining muscle and replacing that uh you're you're replacing fat tissue with muscle tissue, right? Sometimes acutely like in E to four method one, sometimes slowly like in E to four method four. Um any thoughts on on that piece, Brad? I mean the context that would give to, you know, what you just said, people who said, you know, I'm done with the fat loss piece after this first phase, I'm going to move to ETP method four. What's really interesting about how many people we have doing that is they've started to understand the process and how it works and the level of patience and what the long-term results look like when you go that approach, right? They realize, you know, going to the super low numbers right now might get me some short-term results if I need it. Um, but if I don't, I can continue to play the game at the pace I need to and continue to make progress while doing all the other things that kind of help me keep moving forward. And once again, uh, and I think once again, oh, we're your guide, but you're in control, right? Because at every point, you know where you are and you know that you're in charge. Now, of course, you're always going to get the messages related to sodium. You're going to get the messages related to sleep. A lot of those different little things, coaches are going to, you know, help you with some nuance. But but that's the big piece. And then the other thing, too, that I think needs to be mentioned, um, more often than not, I end up cutting off Brad because I feel like he, he, he like, brings an idea. And I'm like, oh, we've got to talk about that, you know. And I know I'm going to forget. I actually – I wish I had, like, a pen and paper so I could remember. Um, but, unfortunately, I didn't think of that before this um, – this show here but uh this naturally if you're if you've ever done a mini cut this naturally looks like a mini cut right so if you are mini cutting you could use that 24 period and then naturally just pull out of the mini cut cut you know at e4 method two right so mm-hmm. all you would do in that scenario is get your ap bump fight fight and then bump it AB4. And then when you get the question, just say, no, I would just wanted to do this as a mini cut and then kind of move on. I'm just telling you guys, there's nothing like this that exists. You know, I, I know that there's similarities, you know, and people have talked about reverse dieting and, and things of this nature, but no one shows it to you, right? Because that's the secret. We were talking about this a little bit with, with Weight Watchers this morning, right? Where... The product is secret, you know, like you don't know the calculation related to points. I mean, yeah, you can sort of figure it out and and things of this nature, but they don't really make it easy for you because that's their proprietary thing. Our proprietary thing is the coaching, right? And so we can show you the plan. We can show you exactly what it's going to go. We can even model it for you, right? But it really is that guidance that we give you while you're in charge that matters. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a big piece, right, of what we've been trying to do is be, you know, hyper transparent with what we're doing. And we're basically, you know, we're going to give you guys the flow chart. So you A, know exactly where you are at any given time. B, you know, if you're not where you think you want to be, you can tell us and we'll make the assessment and say, yeah, this is a good decision. Let's move you there. Right. So this whole thing is about transparency empowering you guys and giving you all the tools to succeed and i think that's a big piece of you know why people are so successful is they know what they need and they have it right in front of them and they can make informed decisions about their own life too and they're in charge right and so yeah yeah exactly at, at every single point people are in charge so you know if you do choose fat loss right um you know let me just give you one scenario that is very common, right? So someone works their, you know, their their baseline, you know, they, they came from an under-eating background. They started eating form at 900 calories, right? Um, and immediately they moved to baseline and started to see some progress. And they started to stall at, let's say, 289, something like that, or what they would consider to be stall because they, you know, they want massive progress and not necessarily like this slow, gradual approach. What a lot of people don't realize, especially when they're first starting out, is that 
if you're maintaining and gaining muscle, that's also not fat, right? And so if you do a system that pulls all the water out of your body and you lose 10 pounds, but in that 10 pounds, you only lost three pounds of fat, then that's how people get the skinny fat. There needs to be a new way to describe skinny fat. I hate that term. Um, but but skinny fat is ultimately where you lose 10 pounds, but most of it's water and not fat, right? Yeah, I mean, I think this might be a very controversial thing, um, but that phrase really describes an underdeveloped physiology, right? I mean, that's really yes. what skinny fat is, is it's you don't have metabolic capacity, you don't have muscle capacity, you don't have bone tissue capacity, right. you don't have work capacity. So it's really just underdeveloped physiology is the best way to describe it. Underdeveloped physiology caused by dieting. Yeah. In in almost every single case. All right. And lack of work. That's really what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I, I'll go ahead and throw myself under the bus, right? Before... I started becoming physically fit. I was exactly what Brad described. So when I lost all my weight, you know, all I looked like was a smaller version with less water. Right. And so um, that is something. So here's an interesting thing, Brad. Um, mm -hmm. It's saying that you can uh, you can come on camera with me on Facebook. I didn't know that. So we'll have to try that next time or do a test with it. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Um, all right, so very. So let's get back to the scenario. So, so someone goes into Eat Before Method One Two Eighty Nine. Paul says to them, "Keep your expectations low," um, and you know, even saying "keep your expectations low," people are like, "Okay, low twenty pounds, got it." <laughs> it's like, no, low <laughs> is. <laughs> low is three to six pounds got it right um so so you're 289 right and you lose your three to four pounds in your 24 days and you're so frustrated right um reality that was kind of on the high end for 24 days for somebody that actually didn't get their calories all that high right so now you go through the AP1 and you're so frustrated because you wanted to lose more than four pounds in the first place, right? And now all of a sudden, Emma's giving you food and it just doesn't jive with your logic that Emma should be giving you food. And so you, you, you only are able to work up to 259 and then you say, okay, this, this Eat the Form Method 3, that's where I'm going to make my big gains. That's where I'm going to go from three pounds to 20 pounds. That's not how it works, right? Like just just because you went from two sixty nine to to ninety nine, you know the difference between ninety nine and 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 let's say you know two hundred nine, two nineteen, two twenty nine is the difference between fifty calories, one hundred calories, one fifty calories. It's not that big a difference, right? It's not going to make that big of a difference. So if you get to two fifty nine and you're very frustrated that you only lost three to four pounds. Remember, Brad and Paul told you in that podcast a long time ago that, you know, working up that capacity matters a lot if your goals are bigger. Anybody that you know that has lost a great deal of weight started from a place of overeating, right? And, I mean, we have so many examples. I mean, literally hundreds of examples of people that came to us overeating and have lost, you know, 40, 60, 100 pounds, but slowly over time. And really kind of the slower you can do it, the more sustainable it is. And and I guess we could really talk about that piece, right? And why Eden Form, I think, is just superior to anything else out there. Because let's say that, you know, you were on one of these low sustainable, you know, unsustainable systems and your diet ended on January 1st and you immediately went to the Bahamas and had margaritas and nachos, you know, your body wasn't ready for margaritas and nachos. 
one of the things that we talk about very common in Ethan form is that go into the holidays well-fed and go into vacations well-fed and then come out of those things and then do your fat loss, right? Now, that doesn't mean that that you wouldn't cut the cord and ultimately decide to go a little bit lower. But in terms of vacation, you almost would never want to do that because there's so many factors that you don't control. But also, when your calories are low, you are going to be more insulin sensitive, which means that you're going to be more prone to store in that scenario, right? And so um, without being coached, you know, you're going to land in a very frustrating spot. And so when we're bringing you out of Eden Form Method 1, Eden Form Method 2, Eden Form Method 3, we're really kind of gradually moving you, keeping an eye on you, checking on you, up on you twice a week for that reason. And so that's something to think about. But in general, just so you guys know, I like to say it as often as possible, fat loss after vacation. Just trust me on that one. All right. So let's get to Eat Before Method 4, which is basically going to be muscle gain, breastfeeding, pregnancy um, are all going to be accompanied with this. This is where a coach can move you. Um, well, I should stop. Brad, did you have anything to add to the to the last piece? Um, maybe, maybe something. No, I don't think so. I think we covered that pretty well. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, I mean, we could get into why under eating or eating low carbs yeah. all the time makes we, you. I mean, I think it, it makes you insulin yeah. I mean, resistant. We can just explain the. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking we can explain the breadcrumbs with the last ten minutes we got. Yeah. Gotcha. So so um, anyway, long story short, if if you um, a lot of people focus on diabetes makes you know eating a bunch of carbs makes you um, insulin resistance. Science on that is sort of debatable. But what a lot of people don't think is on the other side, where you know when you keep carbs or fats out of your diet, your body becomes re resistant to that, and then you know there is like this acclimation period, so it can get a little tricky on both sides. So we've covered that. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we've covered as many bases as we can. Um, not seeing a lot of questions though. Um, are you seeing questions or maybe I'm just not seeing it on my end? Um, let me pull up the live feed again and just make sure. Uh, there were a few questions about like, what is the, what does each breadcrumb mean? Okay. So we're probably, you know, so like, what yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. So like, um, like what is F1, F2, M1 and E1? And I know we've covered that in previous podcasts. Yeah. Um, so, but maybe we can. Yeah. Briefly talk about how that fits in each perform method four and all the other ones too. And then I'm also going to show you how a coach is going to be thinking of them, right? So in theory, you're following the breadcrumb all the way through, right? But the most customization is going to happen at the eat form level uh, or eat form method four level or muscle gain, breastfeeding, and pregnancy just because you know, those require um, a little bit more coach intervention. Um, so to give you an example, E1 means that we're going to pull Emma off of you, right? So you've gotten, you know, two to four hits from Emma. And so we're going to pull things down. Like I said, in AP4, the AP1 through 4, a lot of times, even as you're getting those hits, your weight does go down. Um F1 and F2 are the fight. Um, I'll often talk to the staff, and I think it's important to admit this to you guys because you know it's really something that that I I want I want you to let us know when you're frustrated, right? But I think that these these two tags are going to allow you to not be frustrated. There is not going to be a scenario where you get an F3, right? Um, I can't rule it out, right, that, that it might not come eventually. But in general, when you're fighting, I equate that with floundering, right? And in my view, you're all better reaching goals, right? And so that's something 
to think about. Um, so it would, so let me give you, and then, so M1 is basically where a coach is going to force you to hit a goal. And more often than not, you know, they're just going to put it slightly above where you are at right now. So let me give you some of the customizations that would be common. So in the case of your, you got F1 and you hit Emma three times uh, because you were just able to get to the gym a little bit more, sleep got a little bit better, food was on point, sodium was low, you hit Emma three times, then a coach would not naturally just go to F2, not naturally then go to M1, but they're going to pull down your, your E1, right? So that's an example where we would deviate from the breadcrumb trail. Um, any thoughts on, on that, Brad, or, or explanation that I'm maybe skipping over? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, what a lot of people need to realize about the Eat to Perform Method 2 or 4 is we're using a combination of goals and adding macros to always keep you moving forward, right? Because at no point in your journey should you just be kind of staying the same. We should either be working on expanding your, your capacity or, you know, in an attempt to either increase our work capacity, our workouts, or building metabolic capacity so we can move to fat loss. But there's the combination of us adjusting your goals, you know, having you fight down by trying to, you know, put together all the little pieces and drop a pound or two, um, or adding more food in is always to keep you moving forward, right? Yeah. We had a, had a one of my intensive coaching clients the other day who said, you know, I'm I'm only you know four pounds difference from this time last year, and I was like. But look at your DEXA scans, right? That four pounds last year versus this year and the difference, I mean, you've doubled your calorie intake. You're now training six days a week and recovering a lot better. You've got six pounds more of muscle mass. Your body fat is down. And it's because the progress the whole way is always moving forward, right? There's really no point in which we want you to just kind of stay where you are. Yeah, that's the, you know, and, and what ba basically what Brad is describing is also adaptation prevention. Right. You know, people people like to say, you know, why can't my calories just stay the same? Brad just described to you why your body is always looking for balance. So do you want your body to find balance low or do you want body to balance high? So we need to keep challenging where your balance is on the high end. Right. And so occasionally we do need to make adjustments, but uh, for the most part. Um, we would like those adjustments to be acute as your body is finding balance higher. And it, it's interesting because when you look at, you know, just the people that come off the top of my head or Vicki Snook and Michelle Calandro, where um, they use those fight levels to lose 50 pounds, right? Like Michelle's almost 500 club and still, you know, going down on occasion. Um, I, I know that. <laughs> Every everyone's version of that is a little bit different, but 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 clearly you should be able to see that if you're at 500 club, right, and you get your calories pulled down, you know you're going to see a much more acute response from that than if you're 289, right? The idea mm -hmm. that that 289 is the same as 500, that's something you just need to get out of your head. That's not reality, right? And so, you know, what's involved in that? You know, a lot of the little details, you know, making sure your sodium's on point, making sure your workouts are good, making sure your sleep is good. So all those things end up being positive. Um, another customization that you, you will often see um, you have to you have to think like we think, and then if we can get you thinking like we think, then you'll understand what we're doing and why. But it's very common for us to move you from F1 to M1. Why? Because we view those as the fight, um, but but we also don't want you to flounder, right? And so it would it would be very common for if you were relatively close to a goal. To move you to, well, I'll give you the two examples. 
pounds, right? So let's say that you were three to four pounds away, right? And you were F1 and then the next, you know, breadcrumb is F2. Here are the two options that, that a coach is going to do. So if you're a half pound away and it's uh, Thursday, you know, the coach is going to M1 you, right? Um, you're just close enough. There's really no point in, in really allowing you to flounder there. In the case of, uh, you know, moving you to F2, they're going to move your goal closer, right? And so if you're three to four pounds away, just because, you know, it was your buddy's bachelor party or whatever, they're going to make the goal a little bit more achievable. So that would be another customization. Um, anything that you want to cover there before I run into the muscle gain, breastfeeding, pregnancy? No, I think we're good. All right. So I want to gain muscle. I want to gain weight. Why don't you just give me as much food as possible? Because that's not how you gain muscle, right? So best example, you know, currently working with uh, Olympic hopeful and she is trying to gain weight. And what I do is typically she has kind of a one week on one week off scenario. Her calories are getting to be ridiculous, like really fast. But what I want is her to be able to adjust to each level, you know, and uh, I would say that that's probably the evolution. Now, one of the things that we know from from performance recomp, and I think there are a couple things going mentally that that are also helpful. It's better for us, and it's also better for you if we move your calories up all at once, right? Because you can adapt to it fastest. But mentally, it's sort of difficult for us to ask you to fight for the next level down if there's really no reward for fighting the next level down, right? You just get more food and your weight stays up. So that's why we brought in these different levels so then you go, okay, you know, while my food is being taken away and I have goals to gain more lean mass and would like to get my food up, I do sort of get the point of I don't want to gain weight, you know, just to gain weight, right? Um, any thoughts on that in terms of just physiology? Yeah, you know, a big piece of the muscle gain is, you know, we know a lot about the scientific literature that tells us how fast your body can gain muscle um and so what we try to do is keep keep your progress in line with what maximizes muscle growth and minimizes fat accumulation right and so we know exactly what that looks like and so that's the reason muscle gain also uses the same you know basically system or algorithm to keep you making the kind of progress at the right rate right we don't want you just to have a runaway gain because that's not what you're actually looking for and so we're trying to make sure that you have the best tools to get to where you want to be so i don't know that we actually said this but to gain muscle you have to gain weight right um mm -hmm. and, and ideally you want to gain it sort of as slow as possible which almost always happens even if your calories get obscene right because you know most of the people that are trying to put on muscle um it's extremely hard to to gain weight. I don't know if people realize this, you know, that uh, yeah, I mean, you can you can add a lot of water and salt and, and things of that nature, but if you're naturally someone that that is looking to gain weight, you're gonna find that most often it's you know, and that's what kind of people refer to as endomorph. Um, I have that right, or is it ectomorph? Ectomorph is the people that the opposite, right? The the quote hard gainers or the ectomorphs, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So I had it wrong. Um, all right. So muscle gain, you're trying to gain weight. Breastfeeding is kind of a tricky one, right? Now, in terms of muscle gain, breastfeeding, pregnancy, if you're like, I'm not on muscle gain, but I want to be on muscle gain, message a coach right now. We'll take care of it for you. Um. Breastfeeding and pregnancy, this one's long overdue. Um, we just want to make sure that, you know, all of these people are being treated in the way that 
you know, they need to be treated. Um, we, at Eden Form, we make a lot of babies, <laughs> right? Like, it seems like <laughs> people get pregnant on a- Eden Form at an obscene rate because their body is working off. They're healthy and fertile. Yeah. You know how there's like Generation X and Generation Y and the Millennial Generation? There's going to be an entire Eat to Perform generation of humans that are performing awesomely, look great, and 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 have amazing sex drives. Um, We're basically fast forwarding human evolution by actually feeding people. Yes, yes, <laughs> for once. So, uh, breastfeeding can you be in fat loss and breastfeed? Absolutely, right. And and you can still address that with the E one F one M one. But what we won't be doing is drastically slashing your calories because we don't want to affect your milk production. So that's why breastfeeding. So once again, if you're breastfeeding, you're currently not in breastfeeding, make sure that you message a coach. We'll take care of it for you. Pregnancy the same way. Um, What we're really trying to guard against is this massive weight gain during pregnancy, right? Naturally, you're going to have cravings. Naturally, the baby's going to want to grow. All these different things. The more you can communicate, I do see these two levels evolving in a major way. You know, either with the communication that we get from um, your your doctors, um, but also from the modeling that we will have based on the weights that you're at and healthy baby weights in those scenarios. And so those are things that I think within a year or two, those are going to evolve really awesomely. So I'm pretty excited about that. All right. So real quickly, were there any questions that came up? Because I, for some reason, I can't see questions. Um, um, there's, a, there's a lot of random ones. The uh, one that's relevant is, you know, they wanted some context for the breadcrumbs, for example. What's the typical time frame for a person in the ETM one? Um, and what's the criteria to move to ETM two and so on? Okay. So you need to go. So why don't I just go ahead and and see if I can. And so this will be the part of the podcast that is going to be a little clunky. So you may or may not. I'm not even sure. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Um, I'm pulling it up. So this is part of the podcast that might get a little clunky, but you know, you might have some questions that, that okay, here we go. Um, I'm hmm. pulling it up. So this is part of the podcast that might get. A- okay. So let's see, because it's live. See, also looking at the flow chart, are you guys able to provide context? For example, ET1, what is the typical time frame a person is in the phase? I can tell you exactly, uh, 20, 24 days. Um, because you're reviewed twice, right? And uh, so ETM1, so it's 24 days for that phase. The AP phase is going to be 16 days. And then ET4 method 3 is um, 24 days also. So that's the answer to that question. Um, unless for some reason you got customized, like I said, right now, you know, we're about 87%. So there might be some changes, but um, that that will be the rule um, going forward. See, how do coaches track our goals? I understand coaches have tons of reviews to do so. I feel like I need to summarize my goals before I re- review to refresh memory because I don't expect or to reread the past messages, do coaches have a view on our record? They can summarize or pull our records. Um, that's probably an evolution that we can work on, but no, I wouldn't say that we would. So it is probably best to give some ideas of, of what your goal might be at that time. Um, in in a way, though, like like some people will say, "Well, my goal is to lose thirty pounds." Like that doesn't, that's not really consistent with how we do it, right? We might be able to get you to lose, uh, and we certainly can get you to lose 30 pounds. It's just 
maybe not the way that you think of it. And so what happens for a lot of people is they go, well, can you just pull my goal down to 15 pounds? And then a coach will just do it, you know, just out of frustration. But ultimately, that's not going to get you 15 pounds. You're just wishing at that point. So what ends up happening is if you just kind of stick with the plan, you'll be able to rinse and repeat, and then the coaches will make changes to your goals as you go. So that's the, that's the basic idea there. So Alexi's saying, I lost most of my weight in a fat loss once. Emma gave me back more food. Yes, that is very common. Let's see. So Jenny said, coming from bariatric surgery background, really been struggling. Any loss at all? Literally none is the most likely underdeveloped or realistically not a data set tracked in the past. Very, very much data set tracked in the past, but bariatric surgery really messes a lot of things up. And um, what I would say is that most people that have great success coming from bariatric have more success from the standpoint of burning fat as their work capacity goes up. What happens when you have bariatric surgery is your body is down-regulating a lot. Like we talked about with the adaptation, right? You were overeating, you had bariatric surgery, your body is adjusting to 500 to 700 calories, you're not getting nutrients, all these different things. Your body is naturally going to, um, like I said, be a little bit more insulin resistant at that moment on the opposite end from diabetes, right? Um, because it's now more prone to store, it's going to be more prone to all the different changes. So that's why coaches will keep a keep a close eye on it. But very common in that scenario to really just want to stay even. I mean, you know, in the case of bariatric, it might not be realistic for you to expect a great deal of fat loss. And so, but you know, we certainly have many people that have had bariatric surgery years ago. Maybe they gained 30 to 40 pounds and then they see a lot of lot of success. But if you, you know, did bariatric surgery nine months ago and you lost 90 pounds and you're trying to lose, use each form to lose the extra 20, you might actually have to go through a little bit of the rinse and repeat cycle to get there. So kind of keep that in mind. So Lexi's saying, I love that you guys always let us have a say in where we want to be. It's not just someone telling us what to do. We have a say in our success. I would say that that's a little evolution, right? We, you know, a lot of people will look at it and go, well, there was a time where they did move my plan and they didn't ask me. Um, and, and people were perfectly fine with that. But what we find is that even though it takes a little bit more time, even though it's a little bit, you know, even though we need more coaches, even though it's more costly, it's important for us for you to have a say in what you are getting right and so that that's a that's a big piece uh yes uh please model it for us that's what we did for the the whole thing so maybe you would just need to watch it back um maybe you caught it while we were talking in the live phase and so when we Keep it. You can look back. Um, you have crews. I love no secrets. Not only are there no secrets, but we really, you know, try to be transparent at every phase so that you guys have a real good understanding. You know, when you look at most systems, they're actually trying to hide it from you as if that's the secret. And what they're ultimately just going to do is continue lowering your calories. That's what ends up happening. The, Yes, vids, vids are usually available later on, and this will all also be available as a podcast. AP phase has me where the magic happened for me. Very common. Um, will I be able to watch this later? My work keeps interfering. Yes, you will. You'll also be able to listen to it. AP must be adaptation prevention. That is correct. What do ETM? ETM stands for... Um, is eat for method um, and AP is adaptation prevention. 
love goals. Goals are always tight. We're trying not to make those goals um, too lofty because what ends up happening is when the goals are too lofty, we want to keep those finish lines kind of kind of close, right? And so there's a lot of people, by the way, that are in the ET4 method one, and by ETM three, they've hit a goal. And that's awesome. Like that's, you know, that's really kind of the, the idea there. And then at that point, we will pull down their goal. We really kind of want to keep them fighting in that scenario. But if you hit two to three goals while you're in that phase, that's not a bad thing. All right. Love your information. Light bulb. Good morning. Clearly have a lot of work went into this, guys. Fabulous. Thanks, Jen. Michelle, did you have any idea when you started the I Am Challenge that you would make us all fall in love with each other? Um, no, but that that does seem to be the way it works, right? Um, we did one in the past that was really cool, which was um, uh, where are you from and, or what do you do? Those, those are really cool. So, um, and, and if you're new to Eat Reform, you know, there's no reason to not have these weekly challenges. Um, what's F1 mean? F1 means fight. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Hair looks, that looks funny to me. I need a haircut. Hi, Brad and Paul. Good morning. Okay. All right. So I got through all of the comments. Sorry if I missed any. Might look back later on just to see how things go. I'm just going to shut things down here. So hopefully this was helpful, but we're really excited about you guys knowing. And maybe what we'll do, similar to Daryl's question, maybe we can add the um, the the days within the ETM, the AP phases. And obviously in the case of um, Ether 1 Method 4, you, you can do that for the rest of your life if you choose. So um, something to think about. All right. We will end on that note. I appreciate everybody being here. And that will end the podcast. Talk to you later.